got your Bibles, John chapter 2. John chapter 2 is where we're going to be today. John chapter 2. I love this story. You will love this story too if you're unfamiliar with this story. This is where Jesus turns water into wine. Come on, Sonoma County. And so, so John chapter 2. Uh, John chapter 2 and verse 9, we're going to read the back half, but then we're going to be going through the entire story throughout this message. But John chapter 2, verse 9, it says this, When the master of ceremonies tested the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had, where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. But you have kept the best until now. I love this because the MC is uh, of the house of the ceremony. He's like, this is unusual. I've never seen this before. What is this? What is happening? Last verse, Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 2. It says this, these, this is God speaking, these are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble and a contrite spirit, so a repentant spirit, and those who tremble at my word. And those who tremble at my word. This morning I want to talk to you briefly from this subject, walking with favor. Walking with favor. Let's pray one more time. Father, we love you. God, we thank you. Uh, for today, God, we thank you for this opportunity that we are able to, to meet together in person, God, and, and to, to seek your face as a community. God, I pray this morning that the words that I speak, that they would fall on good ground. Jesus, you said actually that your word, that, that, that depending on how our heart is, will determine how the word grows. And so, God, we want good ground. We want our heart to be good ground. So that it would produce a harvest. God, we want to leave here changed. We want to leave here different. Not for our own benefit, Father, but so that we can change the world around us. We love you so much. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone said, amen. Amen. So, uh, for those of you that have been here for a while, you understand that I, I dislike Disneyland uh, with a passion uh, I actually think it's false advertisement. It is not the happiest place on earth. Uh, uh, one person, thank you. Uh, like, it, it is not the happiest place on earth. At least it's not the happiest place on earth when you got little kids with you. Um, and, and every person that I've seen there that was happy, they were single. They didn't have any kids. They, they were just walking around. Every person that had kids that were dragging kids, the dad carrying the kid, the mom nursing the baby while they're walking, they looked miserable. They were like, man, this is the worst decision ever. So I have this thing in my, my heart uh, for Disneyland. I love Disneyland in that it brings smiles to kids' faces. But please don't say that it's for you or the parent because it ain't. It's a lie. And so recently uh, we took my kids to Disneyland uh, just to reinforce why I don't like Disneyland. And, uh, and my kids, they were able to experience something that they've never experienced before. Uh, we were waiting in the Cars Land ride, and uh, we, it, it's like one of the longest lines there. We're waiting in line, and uh, 
it, it's, we, we've been in there for like a, a good amount of time. My wife actually, since you're here, I can put you on blast. Uh, she was like, hey, I'm going to go on the single rider's line. So she kind of left us and, and, she, and she went there. And so we love you, baby. Um, so, <laughs> and, and so, so, so here we are, we're waiting in line, man, and it's, it's like, we, it's, it, we just, I'm like, it's just, I don't like waiting in line, and so we're waiting in line, and my kids, and my kids witness something that they've never witnessed before, uh, they witness the people that, some people that walked through the exit, that bypassed the long line, that went straight to the front. And they said, uh, they said, Daddy, what, how come they get to do that? And I had to explain to them that, that unfortunately, we are not able to, 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 to get these passes that, that bring you to the front of the line. Now, in some theme parks, these are called fast pass, uh, uh, fast pass uh, things. What are they called? Fast pack. Fast pass. Fast pass. And in some parts, like, you have to pay a lot of money to get these little badges that you can go through the exit, bypass the line, and you just show them the badge and, like, come on. Now, if you don't have that pass, like, you look at every person that has that pass and you just have bad thoughts. <laughs> You're like, oh, look at that privileged guy. <laughs> yeah. You look at them and like, oh, they probably have a, they probably have a personal chef. <laughs> like your mind goes dark quickly when you see the people that go through the, and they just show their badge. Because you're like, oh. And so I had to explain to my kids, hey, kids, don't be mad at mommy and daddy. We just, like, we just, we, we can't do that right now. And, um, but, but my wife and I, we have experienced these passes at one point uh, of our life. We actually, it costs more than the ticket. We did this at Six Flags, and we, we had this fast pass. You paid like 200 bucks for this ticket. This was, I think, did we have kids already, baby? It, it was, yeah, so like we were like kids stay home, and, and so we had, and so it's funny, like when you don't have that fast pass, right, when you don't have it, you, you can't stand looking at the people. But man, when you got that fast pass, you swinging it around like, hey, hey. You walk into a lot like, oh, you want one of these? Sorry. Like when you, when you have this fast pass, like you're walking around with swagger because you've got an advantage. You're like, hey, look what I got. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't have one. I'll pray for you. Or if you were here last week, I hope. <laughs> I hope it works out. But this, this, this idea that when you have this fast pass, man, you have an advantage. As I was thinking about this, this idea of having an advantage, I really believe that something woven deep within each and every one of us here, uh, each and every human being, there is something innately put inside of us that desires to have an advantage. We all long for an advantage. We all long for this. Now, some people, they've taken advantage of having an advantage. They, they, they use it for, for the wrong. But, but at the end of the day, we all long to have an advantage. We all long to live with an advantage. I actually think that this is by 
This is not by coincidence that, in fact, we read in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, it says that when God created man, created human, he said that you have dominion over all the earth. So I propose to you this morning that when God created the, hu like the human race, he put something inside of us that desires to be at an advantage. And so this morning, what I would suggest to you is that we are all created with an advantage. Now, I want to call this advantage this morning favor. And specifically, I want to call this favor the favor of God. The favor of God. The favor of God. Now, here's, here's, as we talk about favor, what I want us to understand is that the favor of God, it can't be earned. You can't purchase it. You can't be good enough to receive it. You can't work hard enough for it. That the favor of God, it's not something that you could earn, but rather the favor of God is something that you receive. It's something that we receive. In fact, we read in Isaiah chapter 66 that the favor of God, it comprises of three things. It comprises of humility, repentance, and obedience. Friends, could I suggest that is exactly what salvation is? That salvation is repentance, it's, it's humility, it's repentance, and then it's obedience. So, so, so the favor of God is not something that we earn, it's not something that we can purchase, but the, but the favor of God is something that we receive the moment you make a decision to follow Jesus. So if you're here this morning and if you, you've made a decision to follow Jesus, you say, Jesus, I want to make you the Lord or the boss of my life, guess what? You're walking in favor. But here's the deal, because only two people said amen. Sometimes it doesn't feel like we walk in favor. Because sometimes, sometimes favor is tangible, but sometimes favor is a faith statement. So sometimes favor is tangible. Favor, favor is something that I feel. Favor is something that I experience. Favor is me, oh man, I got that job that I really shouldn't have got because I'm way underqualified, but I got it. Favor. Favor is, man, I got that house that there's no way I should have got because I underbidded, but I got it anyway. Favor. So sometimes favor is tangible. But because life is not always up high, sometimes life is in the valley, sometimes the favor is a faith statement. So sometimes I don't feel favor, sometimes I don't see favor, but I'm still walking in favor. Because watch this, favor is not a result, favor is a person. Favor, favor is not a result. Favor is a person, and can I propose you this morning that favor's name is Jesus. So we don't walk in favor. Watch this. We walk with favor. Scripture says that when you make a decision to follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit, a.k.a. God, a.k.a. Jesus, he lives, he dwells inside of you. So all of a sudden, man, I am walking step by step, not in favor, 
but with favor. So everywhere I step, Jesus steps. Everywhere I go, Jesus goes. Everything I say, Jesus hears. Uh-oh. Like favor. The favor of God. Come on. The favor of God, it, it's, it's not something that we walk in. It's someone that we walk with. In fact, we see that in the story that we read, at the, we kind of read at the very beginning in John chapter 2, the miracle of, of, of water into wine. And, and we're going to read that entire story. But within that context, I want to pull out some, some just different observations that I saw that I think helps us to really understand this concept of favor. So we're going to start at the very beginning, John chapter 2. This is uh, before what we read in John chapter 9. But it says this, The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. They have no more wine. So this is actually Jesus' first recorded miracle, and it has to do with water into wine. Come on, somebody. If you weren't a believer before, you probably will be after this, because if I'm going to serve a God, he's going to be one that turns water into wine. Come on. And, and so here's Jesus. He's showing up to this wedding with his mama, his disciples, and him. They get to this wedding, and, uh, and, and Mary... She, she, she uh, lets Jesus know of this problem. She's like, baby, they ran out of wine. They ran out of wine. Watch what he says in verse 4. He says, dear woman, that's not our problem. <laughs> Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do Whatever he tells you. So, so, so they, Jesus, his mom, his disciples, they show up to the wedding. They run out of wine. Mama Mary, she's like, Jesus, they ran out of wine. They have no more wine. And Jesus says, woman, that is not our problem. <laughs> this ain't my wedding. This ain't my party. That is not my problem. Now, I love the fact that he said woman. Like, if Jesus was, like, now, living now, like, walking on earth, and he was like, woman, listen, his Twitter would have been canceled. <laughs> his YouTube channel would have been demonetized. <laughs> woman, it is not my problem. But here's the deal, like, the, that word woman, like, during this time period, it's actually a word of honor. It, it, it really dignified, like, this idea of what we would say ma'am today. So, so we read, like, woman, he's like, ma'am, ma'am, I, I, it's not our pro like, it's not my party. And so Jesus, he, he says, he says ma'am, it's not my problem, but I, Something about moms, right? Like, can I say that Mary had some swag in her response to Jesus? Because she's like, she, she tells Jesus the problem. She's like, hey, Jesus, we ain't got no more wine. 
Jesus is like, ma'am, I'm sorry, it's not our problem. And w- watch what Mary does. It's, it's, as she, it's as if she goes like this. She's like, okay, baby, I get it. I get it. She walks over to the servant. She's like, hey, he's going to do something. I don't know what he's going to do. Just listen to him. And she walks off. <laughs> this mama got swag. Like she, she understood the problem. Like she heard what he said, but she just walks over just like nonchalant. Hey, my boy, he's going to do something. Just listen to what he says. Mike drop walks out the room. <laughs> like that's what she's doing. Now here, here's what's interesting. As we're reading this story, here, here's what I noticed. Um, and you can go back to the, to the text too and you can look at it yourself. But he, here's what I noticed. Mary only states two things. She states the problem. She states the expectation. She never once said to Jesus, Jesus, we ran out of wine. I need you to make more wine. She never said that. She acknowledged the problem. She acknowledged the expectation. And then she left. Can I say to you this morning that God knows what you need? That sometimes you don't have to always vocalize it because God already knows what's going on in your heart and in your mind. He understands the problems that you're dealing with. He understands the problems, the challenges that you're going on through life. And so Mary, the swagalicious mom over here, she, she's like, she, she said, uh, she said, I, Here's the problem. We don't have more wine. She said, I don't know what he's going to do, but he's going to do something. Sometimes I got to have that mindset. I don't know what you're going to do, Jesus, but I know you're going to do something. Can I suggest to you that when I walk with favor, when I'm walking with favor, I'm focused more on what God is, what I'm expecting God to do rather than the dilemma. She understood the dilemma, but she was way more ready to expect what she wanted to receive. When I'm walking with favor, I acknowledge what I'm going through, but I also walk expecting to receive something from God. When I'm walking with favor, I care less about the problem, and I'm more in the posture of receiving what he wants to do in my life. When I'm walking with favor, like I understand that I'm sick, but I'm expecting you to heal my body, Jesus. When I'm walking with favor, I understand that my relationships are in a mess, but I'm expecting you, God, to restore something. When I'm walking with favor, I don't just acknowledge my problems, but I posture myself to receive what God is wanting to do in my life. Walking with favor. I'm walking with favor. I'm walking with favor. Mary, she walked walked in the wedding with favor by her side. Let's keep reading verse Verse 6, standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. 
So the servants followed his instructions. So we're recapping this story. They came to the wedding. They ran out of wine. Mary's like, Jesus, they ain't got no more wine. Jesus like, it's not my problem. Mary's like, okay, right. So uh, she tells the, 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 the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. They listen. Jesus, he says, uh, he, he, there's six water pots right here. And Jesus is like, hey, I want you to fill these water pots with water. Now, before we go any further, here's what I, I want us to collectively understand about these water pots. These water pots, um, first off, uh, in the Bible, the number seven is the number of perfection. The number of perfect. So if seven is perfect, then six is incomplete. And so we have six incomplete vessels over here. I think they signify humanity. And not only are these six pots chilling right here that, that, that six, the number of imperfection, the number of humanity, imperfect, they were used for ceremonial hand cleaning. So, so uh, these would be the pots that when people would walk into the temple, before they came in, they would wash their hands. After changing the oil on their donkey, come on, their hands are dirty. I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to let you know. Like they're, they're washing their hands in these pots. When they leave in the temple, if they did an animal sacrifice with praise God, we don't do it any longer. If this is your first time here, you don't have to walk out. It's, it, like they're, they're, they're washing their hands. And so these pots, like, they were empty, but yet they were used for nastiness. They, they were used to collect the filth of humanity. And so Jesus, he took these six pots, that, that, this number of incomplete, this, the, these six pots that were used for, for, for the cleansing. And he said, take these six pots and fill them up with water. So the servants are like, okay, well, his mama said to listen to him. So they fill these 20 to 30-gallon jugs of water up. And, some, and then so once they fill them up, then Jesus is like, okay, now get your ladle, take it out, and go bring it to the MC. And somewhere within this process, that water turned into wine. Somewhere in between... Jesus took this water and he turned it into wine. Can I propose you this morning that when we walk with favor, your life changes. When you walk with favor, you can't be the same person. Not because you don't want to, but because it's impossible. That when Jesus is involved, there's something that takes place where I know I was once incomplete, but because of the faithfulness of God, he's doing something in my life. I, I, I go from incomplete to complete because of Jesus. There's favor. When I walk with favor, something in my life changes. When I walk, when I encounter Jesus, something in my life changes. When I walk with Jesus, when I walk with favor, something in my life shifts. If New Testament favor is centered around Jesus, then whenever I encounter Jesus, something in me changes. 
We see it all throughout Scripture. Moses encountered Jesus. What happened? His face changed. Jacob encountered God, Jesus. What happened? God touched his hip, and his, he had a limp going forward. Paul, who was Saul, he encountered Jesus on his ride to Damascus. What happened? He encountered Jesus. His life was never the same. When I encounter the faithfulness and the favor of God, something has to change. Something changes in my life. It doesn't have to be instantly. A lot of the times it's not. A lot of the times when God takes a hold of my life, it's steps. It's incremental steps. Sometimes they feel like baby steps. But as long as I'm moving forward, come on somebody. He's changing. Like when I walk with favor, something has to change. Something has to change. And so uh, we're going to read the very beginning when, uh, chapter 2, verse 9. When the master of ceremonies tasted in the water, and the water can come up, and the keys can come up because I'm, uh, I'm landing this plane. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, he called the bridegroom over, the bridegroom being the groom. A host always serves the best wine for, best wine first, and then it, then when anyone everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. So, Mary, we don't have any wine, or yeah, they ran out of wine. Jesus, it's not my problem. Mary's like, listen to whatever Jesus says. Jesus gets these six pots, fill them up with water. Take the ladle, bring it to the MC, and that leads us to what we just read. The servant, he brings, he brings the ladle uh, to, to the, uh, he, he brings the ladle to the MC, the master of ceremonies. Now, at, during this time, the master of ceremonies, his one responsibility was making sure that the food was good and the wine kept flowing. What a job, somebody. And they brought him a ladle, and he tasted it, he's like, what is this? He's like, this is amazing. How did, he, he, he calls the groom over, he's like, come here. The MC is puzzled. He, he turns to the groom, he's like, this, this is phenomenal. He's like, usually, usually, the, 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 the groom, he brings out the best wine at first. He lets everyone get turned, and then he brings out the nasty Safeway stuff. If that's you, I apologize. <laughs> the little boxed Chardonnay. Anyways, I'm, I need to focus because we got to end. So... So he's like, I, this is amazing. Like, you, you brought the best wine last? See, what, what I want us to focus in on is the amazement of this MC. The amazement of what favor does. Watch this. When favor doesn't just stop with you. 
but you exude the favor. So here's the other thing that I want us to realize about favor is that when I walk with favor, yes, favor is for me, but favor is also, the favor that I experience is not just for me, but it's also for you. And it's also for you. And it's also for you. And it's also for you. So whatever favor that I'm walking in, whatever favor I'm experiencing, whatever favor I'm encountering, it's not just for me. So when God blesses me because of his favor with that job, guess what? Those resources are not just for me. When God blesses my banking account, that favor shows it's not just for me. When God gives me favor and he allows me to rub shoulders with people who, who make a difference in the city and in the county or, or, or in this, wherever the context of your world is, when he gives you favor to have company of people who are at high levels, guess what? It's not just for you. It's for a reason. It's for a purpose. In fact, I'm friends with, with someone who, who they're, they're pretty high up in the school district. And he, he had lunch with me, and he was like, hey, man, like, I just want to, I want to quit. Like, this is, like, there's so much pressure that's happening right now. I don't know what to do. Like, I'm so overwhelmed. And I said to him, I said to him, I said, hey, like, you have favor. You're experiencing favor. That they have put, you have a position in front of the king. And I said, what if you are the modern day Esther in your context? That God opened up an opportunity for you to stand in front of the king on behalf of God's people. Come on, when you have favor, it's not just for yourself, but your favor is for your neighbor. Your favor are for your kids. Your favor is for your spouse. Your favor is for your coworkers. Your favor is for that person you can't stand. That favor that you walk with, it doesn't just stop with you. It moves through you. Come on. God's given you favor, friends. He's given you favor. Favor to not just walk in, but favor to walk with. You're walking with favor this morning. I know sometimes you may not feel it, but you're walking in favor. I know sometimes it's rough, but you're walking in favor. I know sometimes you want to give up, but you're walking in favor. Favor is not a result. Favor is a person. His name is Jesus.